Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and good evening to welcome to uh, a very special Man on the Post. Uh, my name is Chris and with me this week I've got Ali. Hello. How are we? Very well, thank you. How are you? Fine, you're looking gorgeous as ever. I've got uh, two special guests this week. I've got, first of all, uh, I've got from Manchester. Me? No, yeah. Wales. Wales, sorry. That's not a very Welsh chat. You don't sound very Tom Jones. It's on the border. Oh, is it? Okay. So we've got Stephen Tudor. Uh, how are you doing? You're right. Yeah, I'm good. So, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, from deepest darkest Cornwall, as you'll be able to tell by his accent, we've got a Wolves fan. So, welcome, Stuart Hind. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, so, what we're going to talk about this week? We're going to talk about. Um, this is part of our ongoing Man on the Post profiles as pre-season uh, for all the individual Premier League teams. So uh, we're going to talk about Wolverhampton Wanderers, Leicester City, Manchester City and Liverpool. OK, so does anyone want to stick there? Oh, first of all, by the way, I asked you all to do a bit of homework. It's my birthday today. Um, and I asked you what I am now, Stephen. I am Yaya Torre years old. Um, oh, hang that... on a minute. That's <laughs> thrown me. Um... Well, judging by the webcam, what, 21? Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am Yaya Torre, the, the number at City he wore years old. So, uh, that'll be, go on, you must know. I, I should know, but no, I don't. 42. Uh, right. Okay, so... Well, happy birthday, anyway. Even when you said 42, it didn't ring a bell then, weirdly. <laughs> it's, it just shows when with the squads these days and the squad numbers and, you know, it used to be so ingrained, didn't it? He was a number four, he was number eight. Now it's... Uh. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, I hope to die someday somewhere between Alexander Sinchenko and Gianluigi Donnarumma. <laughs> uh, so, go on then. How old are you? In uh, Which player is uh, your squad number in years Well... Ago? City don't have my uh, age as their squad number. Um, it used to be Mario Balotelli, and they haven't replaced him since, because how do you replace Mario? Um, so the nearest I can get is Phil Foden. 47? So, uh, Phil, Phil's 47. Uh, very impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm 45. Yeah, about uh, 4 plus 5. Brilliant. So, Ali, which Liverpool player are you for your... Uh... Again, there's none. So the closest there was was Joe Matter. But there's a difference, yeah. I'm 35, so... Well, that must make you one of the oldest men in Scotland. <laughs> well, I'm, like, I'm still, like, the youngest dad in Scotland. It's like grandfather's by my uh, And, Stuart, uh, what Wolves player are you, years old? I'm between Dendonka and Traore, years old. OK. We won't no. let daylight in upon that. What's that? That is, I, I know that actually. I know it's sort of confession. I told time. you I know, earlier, so you yeah, should know. I know Stuart in real life, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll leave that one for you two guys to try and figure out. 
Uh, okay, so who wants to stick their Before hand? we move on, Chris, are you going to tell everyone how you eat your birthday cake? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I've never sworn on this show before, but I nearly did. Uh, I have birthday cake in a bowl with milk, and the milk. What? The, well, the, the sponge soaks up the milk. So then I eat the sponge first, and then I save the icing to the end, eat the icing, and then I tip the bowl and drink the milk, the chocolatey milk. As in traditional birthday cake? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm the Uh, weird one, am I? Yeah. Fair enough. Stuart, you're dead. Uh, Right. (laughs) Who's going to stick their hands in the air and volunteer to uh, talk about their football club? I can't see you, Stephen, so you'll have to sort of shout yay if you want to go first. I'm... Well, I'm happy to go first if you guys are okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, yep. we'll go first then. So, uh, Manchester City, current Premier League champions. Uh, they won the league by... Yeah, they won the league by... A, a by point. point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they won the league by, was it 11 millimetres of uh, John Stone's yeah. nutmegging Mo Salah. Uh, so, this summer you have sold um, Fabian Delph for eight and a half million pounds to Everton. Uh, Vinnie Company to... Um, is it Andalette he's gone to? Andalette is yeah. my manager, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the other one I wrote down here was Patrick Roberts on loan to Norwich, which I wrote shame question mark after. Do so you think he could have broken through this season? Oh, Patrick Roberts has just been flitting in and out now for a couple of seasons, and he's kind of one of those players who, you know, when, when he's at uh, Fulham, he looked like he had all the ability in the world, but it just hasn't happened for him. So... Um, it's a shame, but it always is a shame when you know your club signs a young player and he doesn't manage to break through. Is he like a modern day Scots in player? Well, he's more kind of um, I, I don't know. He's, he's, he's got a great touch on him. He's kind of he's more a bit poetic, this, but he's a, he's more of a silky player than Sinclair. Um, not so much reliant on the pace. Um, he has got pace, but uh, he's very kind of you know um, good to watch. Uh, which makes it even more of a shame, really. It would have been nice to see more more game time from him. But, you know, when you look at the competition, he's got to kind of get past. Um, it's never going to happen. So, he's, you know, he's just got to seek first-team action elsewhere. Yeah, unfortunately so. Uh, and you brought in Angelino as a defender from PSG and Rodri for £62.6 million. I have to confess, I've never heard of Rodri. I thought this was some sort of stupid Ryan <laughs> his brother stunt or something. <laughs> like that. So, uh, so tell us a bit about Rodri, then. And are you happy? Well, Rodri, oh, I'm extremely happy. Um, we've needed a holding midfielder, a bit of competition for Fernandinho for a couple of years. Um, Fern is 34 now, um, and he put in a lot of legwork. And you know, it got to stay okay. We've got Gundogan, but it got to a stage where if Fernandinho suffered, uh, you know, an injury, it could be more impactful even than our loss of Kevin De Bruyne last year. So we we had to bring someone in. It was imperative that we did. Um, Rodri was someone who I'd seen precisely once um, when he played against Wales for Spain and his performance was that good but it stood out to me so I actually looked him up and thought who's this lad I've not heard of him before mm. and about a month later I was asked to compile this kind of 25 or 50 of the world's best young players and he was on there and because I didn't know anything about him I need to do a lot of research and look at a lot of YouTube and read a lot of things about him and I was like wow this lad is a player so when we went in for him I really really wanted him um, more so than any of our kind of targets for the last couple of years I'd say so I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with him um, yeah he just offers us something different at the base of our midfield Is that your business done for the summer do you think or are you going to get him else? Yeah the, the big surprise is that we haven't replaced Vinny um, and we were ne- the Maguire thing rumbled on but it became quite evident that we were never going to go up to the 
you know, the, the, the fee that United are prepared to pay. I think you're dodging uh, a bullet here. With I, I believe Maguire. so for that price anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Maguire, but you know that price there's just no way you can justify that. So um, there was a little tiny whisper of Nathan Aki from uh, Bournemouth, but that came to nothing. So past couple of weeks now it's become quite evident that that's it, that's our business done. So we're going into the season with three centre backs and three very promising youngsters um, who I'd love to see, but I wouldn't love to see them in the Champions League as yet. No, okay. So uh, there is a big Vinny-shaped hole in your defence, isn't there? Are you mm. not just in your defence, in your dressing room as well. It's difficult to place people like that, isn't it? Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, on the pitch, he's a leader, and he's going to be a huge loss, particularly because with not that many leaders in that City team, you've got Kevin De Bruyne. I'd expect him to be given the captaincy. Um, but then you look around, and you know you've got players who kind of lead by example, like David Silva, more than an actual kind of fist pumping, come on lads, we're a goal behind and, and all the rest of it. That was Vinny. He took you over the line. So that's a massive loss. But behind the scenes, um, he was a very popular figure at City, but he was also a very dominating figure. Um, and just kind of things I've been, you know, I've heard is basically there's there'd be a bit of a release valve going on this summer. Um, a, a chance basically, a vacuum for other players to step up and show more of their personality. Um, off the pitch so that's the interesting one how that evolves and how that impacts upon the squad and, and morale and everything um, and also you've got to factor in as well he had so many injuries that a lot of times you know if you go to training he'd turn right and go into the treatment centre so um, yeah he might not be that big a loss off the pitch as people are saying but he definitely will on the pitch Have you got a bit of a rebuilding job because we're going to talk about this with Leicester coming up but you've got Yair uh, Torrio retired a year or two ago you've got um, Vinny Company who's left Aguero's not getting any younger David Silva's leaving at the end of next season uh, uh, should you be um, uh, buying more for the future or buying more players this season knowing you're going to probably need them the year after next no it's a gradual involvement and it's been going on now for the past three or four years so for example Bernardo Silva was always brought in to be David Silva's successor uh, and then up steps Phil Foden, so we've got two for the price of one. Uh, at the back, those three promising young centre-backs I mentioned before, Eric Garcia, um, Howard Bellis is a one hell of a prospect at 17. Um, so these guys will step up and, and you know become legends in their own right over the next 10 years. The, the irreplaceable one is Sergio Aguero. There is no replacing Sergio Aguero. I mean, you could sign Gabriel Jesus, of course, and he'll, he brings things to the team that Sergio doesn't. But how do you replace someone who is su- such a hitman and so consistent and reliable and um, his record is incredible? Those players are 200 million in today's market. Uh, and so I don't know where we're going to be in two years' time when he, he goes back to Argentina. But until then, it, it's a gradual involvement of the squad and I, I think uh, Pep's done that very well. Okay. But Stuart, you would say uh, that you've beaten uh, Manchester City this week, haven't you? On penalties, yeah. as you were behaving, as um, City were behaving very well in China, Stuart's team came and <laughs> saw them off. Yeah. yeah, some of the worst penalties I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Was it the fourth guy that finally scored? I think Wolves scored their second. So uh, yeah, that could well have been the fourth person to take yeah. their penalty was the first one to score. Fantastic. <laughs> So there was no English players were one of those first four. 
That's a worry, by the way, with VAR coming in this season. Is I, I'm anticipating twice the amount of penalties this yeah. season. And so, you know, we want players to be kind of uh, prolific from the spot. Aguero's uh, your normal penalty taker, isn't he? Aguero, and I'd like to see De Bruyne step up. For some reason, he doesn't take any, but, um, you know, from dead ball situations, De Bruyne's a man. Um, I don't know. I was going to say something. Oh, Leroy Sane. Yeah, do you expect him to stay? It's 50-50. It's a coin flip. Like, absolutely no idea. But Guardiola's comments are um, very much suggesting that he would like him to stay, but if he wants to go, he can go. And so it, it really comes down to whether Bayern can step up with a, a huge fee. And, and they're basically just moaning about that in public, which is some cheek, really. You know, Bayern, it, this is the most public courting of a player I've seen in my entire life. Um, and then they follow that up by moaning about how much he's going to cost. Well, you're the ones who want him. You're the ones who have started all this in the first place and unsettled him. So um, at this point, I would say it's 50-50. Yeah, I, I, I really like him. I, I wonder how many goals last season were scored by Raheem Sterling, um, tapping in from about six yards out after a Leroy Sane pullback from a run. There must be a, at least 10 of those goals. Yeah, and you know what? Funny you should say you'd like him because... We were talking at the weekend, me and some City fans. He's one of those players. I'd be really interested to know, actually, which is a Liverpool player in this instance. Um, he's one of those players who is possibly more liked by rival fans, or more rated, I should say. You know, he's loved at City, but more rated by rival fans than City fans. Because we see the amount of times he doesn't track back, and we see the amount of times he loses possession. And he's very much a matter-of-a-day player. So does Liverpool have someone like that, maybe, who... Like rival fans say, oh yeah, he's, he's he's boss, isn't he? But you guys think, well, hang on, he's got this floor and this floor. I love all our players, as Ali knows. I love <laughs> them legally, like my children. So Ali's probably a bit more cynical than this. What do you reckon? I don't know. I don't know if any of our players are really liked. Like, you know, like adored by fans. Like, City, yeah. in fairness, have got a few that people just seem to, to gravitate to. Like, like, no one dislikes David Silva. Mm. You know, they, they seem to love him, but I know what you mean about rating a player higher. Um, I, I don't know if Liverpool do have one. James Milner. I, I, you know, I probably would see somebody like a, a Milner or, or a Wijnaldum. Yeah. I think probably rated by higher by opposition fans than Liverpool yeah, fans. Yeah, Casper. Um, you know, he's he's exactly what he's, he's describing Sani, you know, the disappears, he's a he's a great match of the day player, he shows up for five minutes a game, exactly what Coutinho used to do um, but I don't know, yeah, I, I would say like a, a Milner um, or a Wijnaldum, so none of our really are star players, I think where our star players, you can kind of see what they bring and they all function as a unit, mm. so like when when one doesn't work, the whole the whole lot tends not to work for us like you got that whole you know, just that, as you say, Sani down the line, cut it to Sterling. That works regardless who's playing. What about you, Stuart? Is there any Wolves players you reckon are appreciated elsewhere? Probably Neves. The only time you ever see him is when he's smacking in from 30 yards. <laughs> That's a great shout, because I don't know a Liverpool fan who doesn't want to say Neves. Oh, you warned me not to get him in my fancy team, didn't you, Stuart? Because you said that he won't get you many points, but the few goals he does score look really amazing. Yeah, you'll see every goal he scores about 20 times, but that's all you ever see of him. Yeah. Well, I hope we don't go for him then, Ali. 
I, I'm still, I'm still adamant. I still want him in our squad. I think he's, he's the perfect midfielder for our, for our midfield to sit in there. Yeah. Well, we'll come on to that in a second. Um, Steve, uh, how well do you, th- how much do you think City are going to rate the Champions League this season? It seems to be sort of like a glass ceiling they can't smash. Um, there's the whole thing about Manchester City fans not being that bothered about it, but uh, the players must definitely be wanting it. Yeah, the players in the club, um, borderline obsessive really for this season. Um, in Vinny Company's kind of farewell speech, that's what he said to the players, you know, kind of, okay, what we've done this season is incredible. Next season, you have to win the Champions League. That was virtually his last words he said as a Manchester City player. Yeah. Um, but you're right about the fans. The fans don't couldn't care less about it. I couldn't care less about it. Uh, I certainly could care less when we lost the Spurs and we scored in the last minute and it was disallowed by VAR. I cared a lot at that point. Um, but that's football, you know, it sucks you in, doesn't it? And, and the emotion and all the rest of it. But sitting here now on, on a summer's evening, detached from it all, it's the league. I want the league again. I want to win three three years running. It'd be amazing. Um, if, if someone offered me now the league or Champions League, it's, it's you know, the former every time. Um, UEFA are corrupt. Um, we've got no love for them whatsoever. Uh, that's not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah, I read a couple of reports towards the end of the season how City fans are starting to warm towards the tournament. We're not. We never will. And we'll always boo the anthem. Um, we've been screwed over so many times by, by that kind of organisation. Um, but it's just a really weird scenario because our manager is defined by that tournament. If we don't win the Champions League despite all of what he's done at Man City, people will say, ah, but he never won the Champions League. Uh, and the players won it, and the club, from day one, from 10 years ago, from the takeover, it was all about becoming a Champions League winning club. So you you do have this weird juxtaposition going on, um, but that's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, the law's been asterisked next to his name against Bayern, for Bayern Munich, weren't they? In the fact that he never won. Which I find, and I swear I'm not just saying this through club bias, because uh, I, I, I found it unfair at the time. Uh, it's, and the same could be said for anyone, you know, any manager, any player. Um, I feel the same way about Lionel Messi with, with a kind of his international kind of um, people saying, oh, but he never won this tournament or whatever. I always find it incredibly unfair that, you know, at, at the highest level, when you talk about World Cups and, you know, Champions Leagues and all the rest of it, it's so damn hard to win one. And you need so much luck along the way. So He's got three already as well. Yeah, exactly. So I just always find that unfair. I can understand why people do it, of course, but I personally find it quite unfair. Ali, can we lend them one of our Champions Leagues? And <laughs> <laughs> they hand over that league title from last season, I'll happily pay that. <laughs> and we could have done the swap season at the end of last season, couldn't we? Absolutely, yeah. Both set owners would have been much happier at the outcome. Yeah, quite possibly. So, um, what do you reckon they're going to do? Are they going to sacrifice the League Cup and the FA Cup to get this Champions League success? Or do you think that is the quadruple possibility? I mean, I've just done it on Football Manager with Wolves. but Really? Is, yeah. Presumably this is a completely different set of circumstances. I don't know. I don't know about the sacrificing of a domestic tournament because... You know, like every club, like Liverpool does, and, and United, they'll be playing you know, weaker, weaker lineups in the earlier rounds anyway, um, and, and it gives you know great opportunity for the likes of Phil Foden to get ninety minutes each time. Uh, but then you do, if you do well in them, and then you get to that kind of March time, wow, does, does that fixture list condense then? Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't think they'd set out to sacrifice any tournaments, but I think possibly if you get to March time, if City are in the you know, quarterfinals of the Champions League and the semi-finals of the FA Cup and all the rest of it, if we happen to go out of the FA Cup in the League, League Cup, Pep wouldn't be too dismayed. I think by that stage, it would be tunnel vision then to get that Champions League. Yeah. Who's your biggest challenge of this season? Could it be Liverpool or is um, somebody else going to be sneaking up? Liverpool and only Liverpool. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I think the chasm's just going to get even wider this year. I think you look at Lampard at Chelsea, nothing great is expected of them. I, I, I don't think they're putting much expectation on themselves. Same goes for United. I think Luke Shaw, I was reading an interview with Luke, Luke Shaw this morning, and he was saying about how it really hurt them seeing Liverpool in, in the European final, and it hurt them seeing Chelsea and Arsenal in the European final and Spurs, and they want to be in, in cup finals. I was like, mm, you never mentioned the league there. <laughs> Because they know that they can't win the league this mm. year. Uh, Arsenal, with their weird transfer budget kind of limitations, um, they're not go- going to improve vastly. Um, so really, you know, maybe Spurs will be in and around us, as Andy Townsend used to say. But um, yeah, it's City and Liverpool. It's, it's a duopoly. It's, it's you know the next big rivalry, and I think it's going to go on for at least another two years. All right, fellas, how do you think uh, City are going to do, Scott and Valley? They'll bottle the Champions League. They'll not come close. Uh, I think they'll get a cup in the league comfortably. Um, And I think they'll only not. I think they'll probably win the League Cup because that's the one you can take a bit more serious because it's it's over quite quickly. Um, I think the FA Cup's where they'll start sacrificing squads and players, and you're at the you know you're at the tail end of the season. So I can see them going out in that. But I think they'll get the League Cup and they'll win the league. I think they'll win the league much more comfortably. Than, than he thinks than yeah. Stephen so Stuart? yeah I agree I think domestic treble I think they'll win the FA Cup as well and be a bit further ahead of Liverpool again this year yeah can I, can I just ask you both why do you think that we'll be further ahead than uh, Liverpool for me we we haven't strengthened at all in fact we've got worse our squads got smaller um, and not in position not players that you know meant a lot but they played pivotal roles in certain games when we required them, mm. uh, and it doesn't look like we're signing anyone um, unless we're going to do some very late business. And we we were not fortunate, but I, I, we kept a lot of key players fit for a lot of the time last season, um, only missing you know the odd game. I mean, City were the same; didn't miss you know crucial players too long. But I I just can't see it staying like our front three to stay fit for fifty odd games again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we'll, we'll. I do believe we'll probably have the best defensive record in the league again. I think we have the best defence with a goalkeeper, but again, we're relying on Van Dyke to stay fit, Allison to stay fit. We don't have a backup keeper at the moment. Andy Lonigan. Well, Mignolet's still adamant he leaves. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just feel City do have a kind of like a. I do think there's a slight rebuilding there, but as you say, it's ongoing. You know, it's not like. There's this. What you, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like a, a rebuild. You know, it's just an ongoing thing. So the, the system's still the same. The players are still the same. It's just players integrating in and out, which is obviously the perfect way you want to do it. And the quality that City have still got there is just. I just think it's just too much. I think it, teams have now got that fear factor of City like they used to have at United in like the mid 90s. Yeah. Before they go, they don't really try against City, whereas the best way to beat City 
ironically, is actually attacking at them. Absolutely. Um, but teams are too scared to do it. Coaches are so good on the counter attack. You could, if you miss that chance, you could then be three 0 down two minutes later. So they've just got that fear factor, and, and I just don't see many smaller teams taking points of you. And that's where, obviously, that's where the league's won and lost at the end of the day. Shit. I don't think I don't see how Liverpool are going to be mentally fit at the start of the season after it ran so close last year to which is uh, such a short summer break this year, how they're going to hit the ground running in a couple of weeks' time. I just, I don't think they can do it two seasons in a row. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Man City have obviously got the history of doing that, Liverpool haven't. No, that's true. I mean, we'll keep talking about Liverpool now, Shay, but Stuart's it's right. Every time Liverpool come close to winning the league, the following season, they've absolutely dropped off a cliff, haven't they? Completely, yeah. Uh, Seven and six, the last two things we ran at close. I think with yeah. the we positioned the seasons after. But this seems a better team. I do, I do not. Yeah, I don't believe we'll drop out the top two. I don't think. Uh, like I, I still think there'll be at least ten points between us and I'd say Spurs would finish third, unless they Spurs it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think there'll be more than like a, a six seven point difference between us and City either. But but it's obviously it's much more comfortable for City compared to last season um, but I just yeah just I don't think we'll be as mentally tired as, as Stuart say I mean we, they're coming off a high of winning the Champions League and you, I mean you see the social media around it like those players are ecstatic uh, a lot of young players a lot of new players to that competition whereas the fans were probably not underwhelmed by the trophy because obviously once it come to it you know it was amazing but the fans got over the league quite quickly. I think it's the fans that are more mentally drained than the players over this. I mean, winning the Champions League as a player, like when you're growing up, bearing in mind a lot of these guys aren't English. That's the pinnacle of their career. Um, but we've got the African Cup of Nations has just ended with uh, Sadio Mane in. Um, most Sadio didn't quite go as far. Uh, Bobby Firmino went pretty far in the um, Copa America as well. So we're going to have a front three that's. You won it. That's what? He won the Copa America. So, yeah, he went quite far. He did go quite far. <laughs> he, went <laughs> he, as far he went as far as possible, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the three of them, our uh, first-choice forward line, are going to be pretty knackered come the start, which could play into City's hands come the end of the season. Because we're talking fine lines. We're talking sort of 11 millimetres away from, you know, Liverpool getting that goal at, um, I nearly said Main Road, uh, the Etihad um, <laughs> last season. So we're talking very fine margins. And these are the sort of fine margins that Liverpool have to be on their game all the while. I think City don't have to be on their game 100% all the while to win the league, whereas Liverpool do. Uh, and I don't think having three knackered strikers come the start of the season will help. 100%, yeah. It's, it's, and that's what I alluded to when, when Stephen asked about why we thought City would be far ahead. It's purely because I don't think we get Manny back till to train till three days before the Norwich. So I assume we open up with Norwich. Mm. Um, so he doesn't come back to training until like three days before. So there's him automatically not playing. I mean, Firmino is just a crazy mother effer anyway, so he'll just play. Like <laughs> and Salah just, he seems to be nice and relaxed already. He's, I take it, uh, Egypt went out quite early in the competition. 16, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, so he's already like on holiday, so he'll be back fairly soon. Um, and the pictures he seems to be posting, he's, he's he's not staying out of shape. He's not 
obviously with his religion, he there's no drinking, there's no party. He's not an Ibiza, is he? No, so you know he's the one you probably feel can hit the ground on it. Um, and I don't think much in the midfield done much either. I mean, you've got. Uh, I don't think Fabinho played too much for Brazil. I don't know he didn't even go. I don't think. Didn't he? I can't remember. No, he, he, I think he went, but he didn't play. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. think he played. He has been recovering for minutes, so you know. So we've got we've got to really hope. Well, he actually. went and got injured again. Who? Cater. I'm sure he went and got injured again during the tournament. Well, he shouldn't have even gone, regardless. But yeah, but I think he, he'll you know he'll be fresh at least for this, like as much as you possibly can be. Yeah. Um, Henderson, none of the English boys really done much. So the fullbacks have had right, which is where our key. Van Dyke's just a, a Trojan, so yeah, I, I think we'll come in to the start of the season on a high. It's how we'll once if we get any niggling injuries or the first defeat. That's where I want to see how we react. Mm. Which we mentioned last season. Obviously, we went so far undefeated, and it was how we we kind of wanted that defeat to come to see if there would be a reaction. And I feel it's going to be kind of similar this season. Like we know, City can bounce back from a defeat. I was convinced that we were going to go through last season unbeaten, but still come second. I expected that, just because that's what the cruel gods do to us. <laughs> <laughs> we are cursed from 89-90 still. Yeah, we are. Well, who have we got rid of this season? So we brought in Andy Lonergan as a goalkeeper, like I said. He must be, must be about as old as myself and you, Stephen. Um, <laughs> and then Seth Vandenberg from somewhere in Holland, I think. Uh, and then out has gone Danny Sturridge, uh, Alberto Marino. Grealish, I'm not happy about him going back on loan because he did well in the Bundesliga last season. Uh, and Danny Ings has permanently gone. Um, 20 million. Sorry? Can we just take a minute and applaud that bit of business? Yeah. <laughs> so Danny Ings for 20 million pounds. Jamie Carragher once said he wished Liverpool were as good buying players as they were selling them. Oh, unbelievable at times. Mike Mike Edwards is an absolute key. He deserves a knighthood. Yeah. Unbelievable the funds we've got for players recently. Although it's... I have to say that fifty million for Sterling, Steve, looks a bit of a bargain, though, doesn't it? Uh yes. Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly happy with Raheem. <laughs> <laughs> You're not having him back put out. <laughs> no, I would take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, okay, Ali, what do you reckon our priorities are then? Um, defending the Champions League or pushing City that little bit more? Who are you asking? As in my point of view or the club's point of view? I, I don't have a representative from the club here. I'm asking. Yeah, my point, my, my point of view is always going to be the league. Yeah, um, but I do. I, I just don't believe Klopp personally will ever just like prioritise our trophy. You know, I couldn't see him resting certain players just to go for the league, say, um, which we all kind of hoped he would last season. Remember, at the end, yeah, was that hope. But I, I think league's always got to be priority for whatever club you are um, who are capable of challenging for a trophy. We're not saying, I mean, obviously Leicester have won the league and we're going to talk about them, but Leicester's priority should never be going into the season to win the league. You know, they should be looking at, like, as high a place finish as they can, a European slot and a, and a domestic trophy. That's what all clubs should be doing for a good cup run or especially with the big clubs, you know, resting so many players. So I think Liverpool's priority has got to be league, then Champions League, and then another trophy just to keep the, the trophy hall going. You know, obviously, just that whole winning mentality, success beats success, just try and get a trophy a season type build-up. Well, Ryan Brewster's doing well, isn't he? Talking about players to come in and replace the the front three. He's had a good sort of pre-season so far. 
Yeah, he looks lively. Um, I, I don't know how much of an impact he can have throughout the season. He's still only 18, 19. He was out for a lot last season as well, wasn't he? Yeah, big injury. Uh, but, I mean, Klopp's got a lot of faith in him. Um, he mentioned him right at the end of last season, right after the Champions League uh, final. Mm. You know, he was the first names mentioned about he's basically Sturridge was replacement in the squad. That's why there was no talk of any forwards coming in where Rigi getting a new contract and Brewster that seemed oh, to yeah, be yeah. yeah that seemed to be his front line you know and there was never there was never really any serious links no talks of anyone coming in so he's got full faith in Brewster yeah uh, which is you know fair play he's got a good reputation from the from the youth level um, but uh, you've always got that fear factor I mean we mentioned it we sit here where you know with the youngsters there how, how much they can come through because the step up between that Premier League and all other levels is a massive difference. Right. Stuart, twiddling your beard there, uh, like a Bond villain. Um, and Stephen as well. I, is Klopp, the image of Klopp to fans, um, uh, non-Liverpool fans, is he the big cuddly granddad that I sort of envisage him to be in, or is that a persona he sort of lets slip sometimes? Do you, how do you both find Klopp? Do it. Don't go first. Yeah, God's absolutely shit. not. <laughs> God's shit. We're all ears. <laughs> you know who he is, don't you? Vaguely aware. Yeah, gone. You got very red. It's very sunny today, isn't it? It's very nice in Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely have no opinion. Brilliant. He's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know who he is, and you know he likes to laugh and joke and show his big old teeth a lot, don't you? And swear on the telly. <laughs> help him, Stephen. What are you reckon? Oh, Actually, don't help um, him. This is far more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's, I don't know what to say. Um, when when he first arrived, I really liked him. Um, and I was probably one of the last remaining City fans to like him. Um, he's not particularly popular amongst the City fan base, although it'd be quite odd if he was, frankly, um, given the fact that you know the two clubs were so such close rivals last season. He didn't do or say anything particularly bad what offended City. Uh, indeed, I thought it was wonderful, um, the actual the respect that Guardiola and Klopp had for each other last season and the, the lack of, well, the absence of mind games. There was no mind games. Um, but as regards to his kind of the big personality he has, um, when, you're, when you're the rival and, you know, if you get to March and Liverpool score and it really hurts because Liverpool score, so when you see Klopp's reaction to that goal, it starts to annoy um, <laughs> I recall so, in your uh, tweet you sent out about two minutes after the season finished last year. Yeah, yeah, that didn't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> Including with family and everything, that didn't go down well. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, brother-in-law wasn't particularly impressed with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm surrounded by Reds. That's the biggest irony of all. It's, you know, uh, last season it was not unknown for me to wind up a couple of Liverpool fans here and there with a few tweets here and there, but... <laughs> The biggest irony is, you know, most of my family, all my best mates, everyone, I'm surrounded by Liverpool fans, so that's why I'm like, I am on Twitter, because, you know, that's what I'm like in the pub, it's, you know, it's all about taking a mickey out of each other, isn't it, so, um, 
yeah, I thought it got a little bit toxic between City fans and Liverpool fans towards the end of the season. And by God, we all needed that summer, didn't we? Uh, and now I look back on it, it's like, what was all that about? It's like, you won the Champions League, we won the league, and United won nothing. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> is Miguel Delaney a Liverpool fan, do you think? He is, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should go, go, yes. I, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't. Uh, right, we'll, we'll give you a break for Liverpool and we'll move over to the Midlands. Uh, Stuart, I'm going to let you stay a bit longer. We're going to go to the East Midlands and talk about Leicester. Um, transfers in for them this time have been Jose Perez um, for 30 million, 179 games and 42 goals for Newcastle. I find that utterly bizarre. Uh, and Yuri Tillemans for 40 million, um, which is far more sensible a transfer. Uh, Jose Perez, anybody? Brendan Rodgers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it explains everything. Um, it's going to go wrong with that club. Do you think? Oh. We talked about this on the pod last season. I don't know if I talked about you or not, Ali, but I don't know what you or the guys think. This is a bit like I was mentioning to you earlier on, Steve. This is the age of the Leicester squad. Um, Kasper Schmeichel's getting on a bit. Wes Morgan is 35, 36. Jamie Vardy is well into his 30s and not going to last forever. Again, there's a sort of a rebuilding job that's going to be done there. And Iosi Perez isn't going to replace the goals that Jamie Vardy may or may not be scoring. Yeah, we spoke about it quite a length on the, even on the Sunday show as well. This mm. was a, you know, a mass topic. And it's true, the... You talk about a rebuild. There's never been one more clear than the Leicester's one. Like, and it's not even gradual. A lot of their players deteriorated very quickly. I mean, Wes Morgan isn't capable of playing Premier League football anymore. Mm. You know, he's got to that point. Like that's. I think they, a lot of them put that everything into that Premier League winning season, mm. and don't need to play anymore. They're, you know, they're now Leicester legends, and they'll always be remembered. And I'm. <laughs> I think that's why they've took the Brendan Rodgers approach. Like I know I give him a lot of grief, but he will play you. He's not going to argue for a lot of money. You know, you'll sign. I'm saying cheap players as they sign Perez for, <laughs> for a silly amount of money. But you know, I mean, Tillman was that's a great signing. Yeah, that's really and, good. And I'm very surprised that not a bigger club um, went in for him. Uh, I don't know if Leicester had a. Like first refusal on it purely because of the loan deal last season. I don't know if there was something there, but very surprised. Like an, an Arsenal type um, didn't go in for him. Well, he's good yeah. to play Champions League football, isn't he? I wouldn't have been unhappy yeah. if he'd come to us. No, absolutely not. He's, he's like he was massively talked about before going to Leicester because mm. uh, Monaco he's from, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and they're really only selling them because of the, the financial difficulty they're in now. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's far too. I feel he's going to do like a a Southampton at Leicester. You know the way the Southampton players went there, get a few seasons out of them, build a name up for them in the Premier League. Yeah, and then a bigger club will pay double what they paid in two, three years. Yeah, I mean, it's quite. It can be quite a toxic change room as well. So you've got to be a brave manager to go in and try and kick out all those players as well. Again. <laughs> As I say, he's my probably my most hated man in football. But Rogers has got the ego for that. Yeah, you know, he genuinely believes he's like Jose Mourinho esque. You know, that's his level. He'll, he'll have no issue walking in there and saying like, "You, you, you go." You know, playing the reserves, playing. Um, I've got no nice words to say about players like Schmeichel and that, the way they treated Ranieri and that in the past, and 
um, how how bad you know a clique together that they, they seem to get. But Rogers is the the perfect ego for that. Where he's young, not well, he's not young. Well, he's young for a manager, Rogers still. Yeah, something that the Leicester you know owners and that can get behind and probably carve out a a long term if they wanted. Yeah, Stuart, Other I mean, it looks like they're going to... Sorry, go on. No, carry on. No, I was going to say, it looks like they're going to get rid of Harry Maguire, doesn't it? I don't think they're going to cope without him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you that one instead, Stephen. Help, help the boy um, out again. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to bring in a huge amount for him and uh, Rogers has stated that that basically he's kind of alluded that they're okay with letting him go for that amount of money as long as it's done within two weeks of the transfer window closing to give him a chance to bring in a replacement. And they're about Lewis Dunk, aren't they? It's, it, well, I, I heard Tarkowski and then that just went quiet and now it's Dunk, so I would expect it to be one of the two, most likely Dunk. Um, and yeah, he's impressed with Dunk when I've seen him, um, but I don't think he's a patch really on Maguire. Um, I look at that Leicester outfit and you think that's a really good team they've got. Yeah, they've really been ten times better, yeah. You think Maguire's ten times better? No, I think Tarkovsky's ten times better than Maguire. Oh, sorry, I agree with that. Yeah, I think. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I, I'd say Maguire is better than Duncan. Um, oh. Because I mean, at the times I've seen Duncan, he does. He's got a mistake in him. Yeah, that's the thing, and he's not really grown out of that yet. Um, but that Leicester team, I think, is a really good team. I think their first eleven is right up there, um, and they could be challenging for the Champions League spot. Because if you look at their midfield three as well, that's a top four midfield. That is, um, Tielemans I'm a huge fan of, and Didi is completely transformed under Rodgers. Um, you know, Rodgers basically said, right, what we're going to do is you're our singular holding midfielder. You can't pass the ball, so just win it, win it, win it. Five yard pass, five yard pass. You know, completely stripped away everything else and simplified his game. And instantly, I think it was well, it was like five, six weeks later, he was the most informed player statistically in the Premier League. Um, and Madison too is just you know keeps on improving. So yeah, Leicester has really impressed me last season under Rodgers, which pains me to say it because I'm with you. I I love Brendan Rodgers. He's my least popular person in football. Um, so, yeah, but at the same time, I can see where his merits are and what he's good at. And I think he's an ideal fit for Leicester. Yeah, they got Harvey Barnes as well, haven't they? Who had a good loan at West Brom and came back and did okay. And then Chowdhury. Is, they got quite yes. loads of good players, haven't you? If you think about it, Chowdhury as yes. well. Um, one thing about Harry Maguire and the new VAR and handball rules, I reckon Harry Maguire is going to be worth about three penalties or four penalties to teams this season. Without every single corner, he just wrestles players to the ground. So, and Leicester have done this for years anyway. I mean, the worst for it was Hoof, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Robert Hoof. And, and uh, yeah, Leicester has got form for it. So, yeah, actually, they're not going to finish top four. They'll get relegated because they'll give away about 40 penalties this season. <laughs> you just cheered me up in one single sentence. <laughs> um, what else have I got to say about Leicester? I can't read my writing again, Ali. You'll be surprised to me. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, <laughs> what did I write? I wrote Gary Taylor Fletcher retired, but that means absolutely, you know, <laughs> that's all I read on the BBC News. I was, trying to, <laughs> I was trying to find any pre season news for Leicester City, and that was actually on the BBC website about Gary Taylor Fletcher retiring. So there you go. Uh, right, Stuart, this is your moment to shine. <laughs> 
Right, you've been listening to podcasts, haven't you? About wolves. Yeah, should we tell the listeners why I'm on this podcast? You're on this podcast because uh, Man in the Post has a WhatsApp group and um, Bentley the Alley, uh, and um, we're looking for, well, we were looking to get together on our group uh, an expert, quote unquote, uh, from every single Premier League uh, team this season. So we've got Ali representing Liverpool. Stephen, uh, you're as big a Man City fan I follow as any. Um, now, Stuart at work uh, proclaimed himself to be a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan, as you can tell with that Cornish accent of his. Um, so when I said, do you want to come on this podcast? And he said, yes, he suddenly remembered that he didn't actually know anything about football and still thought <laughs> Steve Ball played for Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Wright had a good future ahead of him. <laughs> and you didn't quite believe me, did you? No, I thought you were, I thought you were joking and putting on some sort of hilarious act. <laughs> Um, as it is, I thought his Oscar winning. I thought his, you know, a career in the acting industry was ahead of him. But no, he really is this. I don't say dim-witted. That's uh, uh, that's probably a bit cruel. But... <laughs> that was the worst one. Yeah, that was so harsh. Uh, naive was probably the best way of saying it. Put it this way: at the weekend when we were all watching the football, uh, Stuart is on a paddleboard paddling with dolphins, quite literally, nice. because he lives he lives very much by the sea, don't you? You works that tape. Huh? Sorry? He works that tape. He does, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. He does that work. It's better so. <laughs> yeah. The surfy look. Yeah. Your, your house is literally by the sea, isn't it? I can see it from where I'm sat now, yeah. Yeah, you can be there in about a minute, can't you? Uh, 20 seconds if you don't mind jumping to my death in fact guys uh, if you go onto YouTube and look up uh, the Dawn West the Dawn French Wild West show you can actually see Stuart's house uh, if you remember that sort of short lived sitcom oh right yeah uh, no. where she what was she was she like she was somebody living in the west of Cornwall or wasn't she playing along some colloquial stereotype yeah with Catherine Tate they were a lesbian couple running the post office in a small Cornish village that's right <laughs> But thanks for giving out my address. That's great. <laughs> I'm not giving out is your it, address. Is it a tourist place where you live? Very much so. I hate yeah. the tourists already and they've not even arrived yet. <laughs> yeah, they're coming this week, aren't they? Mob-handed. You lot coming down from up there. I didn't give out your address, Stuart, but it is. <gasps> <laughs> One Cornwall Road, Cornwall. Right, go on then. Wolverhampton Wanderers. So, transfers, permanent transfers uh, have um, Raul Jimenez and... Uh, Leo Dendonka, uh, your squad number mate, um, they become permanent signings. That's kind of cheating, isn't it? They're not really signings. It's like when an injured player comes back and the manager says it's like a new signing. Yeah, very much doesn't count. And they've not added to the squad as yet. Yeah, so it's really... I mean, the other players that have kind of left, they're mainly sort of youth team and squad players, aren't they? Quite a few have gone, but you're not going to miss them. <coughs> Costa's gone out on, on loan as well. He'll, he may be missed, although there wasn't wasn't really good enough for the level they're aiming at now. Yeah, I seem to remember Costa. He scored a hat-trick last season, but most times I remember Costa. It's very much similar to when I remember Edinson Cavani, which is sort of peeling away from the six-yard box, having knocked a close-range head of five feet over the bar. Yeah, it was excellent in the championship when you get 20, 30 opportunities a match, but never quite going to cut it in the top half of the Premier League. Yeah. So you finished seventh last season, which is nine points behind Man United in sixth, and three points ahead of Everton. So, for an inaugural season, that's not bad. But this is only your second season <coughs> in the Premier League. So, what are you hoping for this season? Do you want to push? Because your season starts in two days' time, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's. 
I mean, it's difficult to answer. It was when um, Frozen took over, they they took over with a with an next year plan to make Wolves a Premier League winning side, and they uh, they've overperformed. So difficult second season, not added to the squad, have a small squad as it is. I mean, personally, I consolidation. I think is what this season's about. Trying to finish top half of the table, ideally, ideally seventh again, maybe even depending how poorly Man United perform this year, maybe up to sixth and a and a decent UEFA run to or a decent UEFA showing to try and attract some more top tier players. But it's difficult. I could equally see us being terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's Was it a, a Burnley last year? Just qualified for the UEFA and and drop like a stone. It's I mean, we're in a slightly quote, better you, place. You're, you're quoting someone there, aren't you? I am quoting plagiarising every opinion I've read this week because <laughs> I remember saying that to you earlier on today. <laughs> yeah, uh, go on, folks. Give me a hand. How do you reckon Wolves are going to get on this year? If you're, um, I mean, Steve, it's not too long ago you were a club uh, back in the Premier League, weren't you? So you, you've been in Wolves' shoes before. So second yeah. season in the Premier League, having come back, what do you reckon they should be aiming for? Uh, I, I think Stuart. I think you should definitely take back the Dimwitted comment from earlier. I think that's a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's some sort of perfectly. I mean, it entirely revolves around their Europa League participation uh, for me and how Nuno approaches that um, he likes to have a small squad uh, I was really surprised recently when I learned that they played fewer players last season than Liverpool did um, given the fact that you know Klopp is such a big advocate of having a small squad um, and he has said basically uh, Nuno that he's looking to improve their under 23 squad this year you know, to, to play in these kind of Europa League, particularly the early kind of stages, um, and he still wants to retain. I kind of work with a group of around twenty players. If that's the case, then all is well and good. And well, you know, hopefully for their sake, go out fairly early in the Europa League after doing you know well, as, as Stuart said, giving a good showing of themselves, and then concentrate on the league and pushing for a top six. They're more than capable of that. They've got a fantastic squad. They beat us this week, so. Um, the problem, though, is like I say, just the Europa League. It's you're always stuck in this kind of um, dilemma. What do you do? Because if you go far, if you go deep in that tournament, it has a real impact upon your league showing. If not that season, then certainly for the season after. And you know, I won't bore everyone with it, but I can give example after example from you know Fulham when they reached the final in 2010. Um, if they get to the final this year, that's 21 extra games they have to play. Um, and if you've got a manager who believes in having a, a, a small squad, you know, we were talking before about Liverpool's front three and how knackered they are. That's going to be a knackered squad. Um, so, yeah, I think if they do kind of go out at Europa League at the first knockout stages, for example, I fancy them to finish top six and improve Wolves. I think they've got a terrific manager. They've got a fantastic squad. Um, and they don't even need to particularly to strengthen. I, I think if they just go on as they are, they're, they're absolutely one of the, the better teams beyond the top four. Hey, he's picked you up in no man's land there, Stuart, and he's helped you back to the trenches under fire there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Patrick Catroni link won't go away either. I mean, if you sign him, that would be an extraordinary signing for you. He, he brings something new to the squad, doesn't he? He's, um, he's a completely different player. <laughs> he is a completely different player, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> Different style to Hermendez, more of a uh, classic number nine. Yeah. 
which I think ideally will bring something against the uh, the the lower or the the poorer teams who we struggled against last year. Yeah, because that was a big thing for you guys last season, wasn't it? You did well against the bigger teams, but you struggled more against the smaller teams in the division, didn't you? Probably. Is that the... Go on. Go on. No, you. After you. So uh, struggle to break down teams that were yeah. that were defending against us. So may, um, maybe a, a stronger player up front, maybe Traore as as wing back to to uh, a more attacking option than Doherty will uh, will turn that around. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's quite right. Ali, how do you reckon they're going to do? Uh, it's that second season thing, isn't it? It really is a company yeah. quality. The Europa League is so... It's just one of those horrible com- com- competitions that no one seems to enjoy playing and no one ever performs well the, so many Sundays. And I, I don't know if their squad can deal with it um, because the player... I just don't see them... I don't see Nuno taking it easy in the Europa like. Especially once they get to the, you know, the group games, um, they, they won't want to go out. They'll try to improve the the band, um, as you say. Especially like with with Mendes having such a key role in the agency there, you know, getting your Neves, your Matinos, even your Patricio, you know, all the Portuguese contingent. Um, Jimenez signing a per- permanent contract is an unbelievable signing for them. So crucial, but. I agree with Stephen. I, I, I do believe they're the best out of the top top six, like the the best of the rest. Um, I think only maybe Everton could compete with them, like on a consistency basis. But I just it'll all depend on how they deal with the Europa League. Um, I do feel a successful season for them is literally just the top ten. You know, if they can get in the top ten, put in a decent run in Europa, even just get out of the group stage, sort of thing. Um, just putting a good show on for themselves and that'll be a more than good enough season for them and then they can build from there um, Did either of you Stephen or Stuart did you watch the City um, Wolves game? Yeah I was very drunk yeah. but I thought yeah. Yeah. yeah Were you both happy with what you saw from a Wolves point of view or Yeah but in the second half they were a better team Yeah We were playing your second team at that point but um... <laughs> <laughs> With a squad numbers higher than the attendance <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> hey, there were games last. It's the uh, EFL trophy, isn't it? There were games last season where squad numbers were higher than attendances in the ground. <laughs> Thank That's you, impressive. Sean Harvey. Uh, right, okay. So, go on then, um, Stuart. What do you think Wolves are going to finish next season? What position? I think if we can make it out of the um, the qualifying round unscathed by the the plastic pitches and the Sunday League Elevens will be playing. Um, I'm going to go sixth ahead of Man United. Ah, very bold. Okay, Ali, what do you reckon yes. um, Liverpool are going to finish? Second. Okay, uh, Stephen, I think we all know the answer to this one. Where are Manchester City going to finish? First. I hate saying it, but first. <laughs> does it still feel really wrong as a Manchester yeah, City? Yeah, it really does. I'm a, I'm a complete dick on Twitter, but in real life, I'm like really, you know, I'm the opposite, basically. And, yeah, to say that my club is, I think I want to, is going to win the Premier League is just so weird. Billy Connolly sometimes says I don't that, that who fan base will never admit to winning the league again in their <laughs> lifetime. I would much rather be that dick who admits that they're going to win the league. <laughs> Billy Connolly sometimes says that he feels that he's been a sort of chancer all his life, and at some point someone's going to 
grab him by the shoulder and take him back to the welding yard in, in sort of Govan or somewhere. Do you feel that about Manchester City and sort of going back to sort of the obscurity and third division and rainy nights and stuff? Did feel that? Yeah. I mean, David Silva epitomises that. that. There was moments, you know, a few years ago when you'd watch him play and it just couldn't make sense of the fact that he played for your club um, because of a dross that I'd seen, you know, going way back when. Uh, but now it just feels like such a completely different club um, that I don't know. It, 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 there's a separation now. I, I can separate the past and, and the now. Um, but yeah, for a few years, it, it, the only way to describe it was surreal. It was surreal. I can imagine. Um, while you're there quickly, a few years ago on Man of the Post, we did a... Um... Uh, a five-a-side team for all the Premier League teams. Wolves went in at, at this point, Stuart. I think I've already done this with you, Alex. So I do Manchester City's team with you, Stuart. So this was probably about three or four years ago. So um, the best five-a-side team for Manchester City in the Premier League era. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Okay, in goal, Joe Hart. Uh, your one defender was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they> had... <laughs> you then had Yaya Torre. Sort of holding it yeah. all together at the back, and then you had uh, Sergio Aguero, David Silva, and Georgie King Clancy. Hold oh. on, hold on. The best Man City five side team, yeah, involves Yaya Toure as a centre half. Yeah, yeah, City had arguably the best centre half they ever played, <laughs> and Vincent Company, he doesn't get in. I, I, I think we went on the versatility of Yaya Toure. Company's a better midfielder, better forward, better. I'm better than Yaya Toure. <laughs> I'm not having. Yaya Toure get a company there company can do everything Yaya can apart from sulk over a birthday cake go ahead what do you reckon even? Um, mind, was, we, did, we did this back 2015 so think back to that right well in the Premier League era um, I would go I would reluctantly go for Joe Hart because he won two league titles for us and he was the mainstay for our kind of big elevation so fair enough Joe Hart Um I would have company as a defender. I would have Yaya Torre and David Silver in midfield, and I'd have Sergio up front. Poor Georgie. I know, but I love King Klasky. But again, you know, like you said at the top of the, the show about you know a player that rival fans rate higher than he was truly a match of a day player. You know, he his highlights were incredible, um, like never at, at Wolves. You know, but the rest of the time, I feel that about Yaya Torre. <laughs> I like Yaya as well, but I feel he was a he was a YouTube player. In the latter years, I mean, in the last few years, it went sour, and he made some comments about Pep as well, and and it wasn't just a birthday cake. He he threw up a right strop here and there as well. And he's, yeah, he's got a horrible agent, horrible agent. So um, yeah, it did go a bit sour. I can't believe how different he is compared to his brother. Cole's yeah. like the nicest guy in the world, who everybody loves. Yeah, he's like that polarizing figure. I think Colo's loved as well because, you know, when he met a girl and he said he was a car salesman, but we won't go into that. <laughs> right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. So, uh, Ali, if they want to follow you on Twitter and talk about what you said tonight, how do they do that? Uh, I think it's Ali Thompson 84. It is Ali Thompson 84. Yeah, thank you. Stephen, if they want to follow you and talk about City, how do they do that? Uh, Steve Tudor 123. Excellent. Uh, Stuart, if they want to talk to you and Follow you and talk about dolphins. How do they do that? Uh, they probably look at your Twitter and see the last abuse I sent you. I don't know what my username is. <laughs> uh, we will find out. Hang on a second. You don't know what your username is? No. God's sakes. I changed mine about ten times. Like not actual, but 
every time Chris asked me on the Sunday show last season, I think I gave about 10 different usernames. <laughs> right, Bro. Stuart, you are Stuart underscore Hind, that's Stuart with a U, and you're Stephen with a PH. Do you both spell it the posh ways for Stuart and Stephen, do you? Yeah, PH is, uh, yeah. Uh, I've never liked Steve either because Steve always sounds like a footballer name. I've never felt comfortable with that, so it's always Steve or, or Stephen. Stevie Tudor on the wing for Chester City. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart, you're a, a posh man with a U in your name, aren't you? That's just the, how the first name spelled. The EW is a surname. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, right. Um, we are part of the Man on the Post network. As I said, we were a part of. Um, uh, a load of these pre-season previews coming out so keep your eyes and ears on your podcast player of choice uh, you can download us from Acast if you follow us on there Stitcher you can subscribe then you can also subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes if you subscribe you can uh, they'll automatically fall into your inbox uh, week in week out and you will be able to hear all the content we have so we have a Sunday night show which will preview uh, well sorry which will review all the games that we've uh, been talking about uh, which is your show isn't it Ali? Uh, it's Chris and Dave show I'm just like a window public, dressing I think I'm going to be more of the referees um, supporter on this year's one because I feel I'm going to have to back the referees quite a lot you're a qualified ref yeah I'm away to go and do my qualifications again and go back to doing it so okay. yeah, I'm going to be completely up to date with the VAR stuff so I feel I'm going to have to defend or explain a lot this season <laughs> fair enough <laughs> uh, we also have our unusual efforts show uh, which is uh, you could be an Easter if you want to give unusual efforts a follow uh, we have a European show which talks about uh, leagues across Europe um, and we have our uh, extra time show which is my show where we preview uh, games for the coming weekend and review uh, Champions League games that have happened that week so uh, guys thank you ever so much for coming on thanks for having me brilliant always remember to keep your man of the post <laughs>